This is a special edition of Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Global animal health giant Elanco made headlines when CEO Jeff Simmons shared an ambition to make Indiana the global epicenter of animal health innovation. In Jeff's words, that ambition centers on more than a building. It centers on building a community that attracts innovators, entrepreneurs, technologists, researchers, all to create the next chapter of animal health. Jeff recently took to the stage of the Economic Club of Indiana, where he outlined a clear call to action for the region to accelerate growth, innovation, and competitiveness. This special edition of Ag Bioscience brings you Elanco CEO Jeff Simmons from the Economic Club of Indiana. Here are his opening comments. Good afternoon. How is everybody? Good to be back together, huh? Listen, I, uh, um, it's, a, it's an honor, thank you, Mario, to, to be here at the Economic Club of Indiana and to be with all of you. I think as Hoosiers in this room, uh, I'd like to make a few opening comments but I think there is no question we are in one of the most exciting, historical, pivotal times uh, as a country, as a state, and as a city. Um, so I, I want to emphasize as a leader and as a employer in this city and state, I want to start by saying, look, I'm, I'm going to look in the mirror of accountability, and that'll be the backdrop of a lot of my comments, as well as looking out the, the window of opportunity that, that we see for this city. Um, so my goal is to provoke a little thought, not to necessarily have you all agree with me, to foster some action. I've kind of been known to do that. Um, and I look forward to having some some question and answers, but I thought I would start with a few prepared comments. I've talked to a, a lot of people in the room, and I'm trying to, you know, share a little bit of my thoughts, but as well as a backdrop of some others as well. Uh, first, a quick update on Elanco. Elanco Animal Health as shared by Mario, we are the second largest publicly traded animal health company. A little over $2.5 billion of sales in 2021, nearly 70 years, as mentioned, all here in Indiana. Um, we're all about innovation to improve the health of animals. Um, we have the longest standing brand in animal health. We serve farmers, veterinarians, and pet owners all over the world. Um, 200 brands and about 19 species. Uh, 100 countries, and about 10,000 employees. Uh, we're split pretty evenly between farm animal and pets, as well as U.S. and international. Um, we did begin as a division of Eli Lilly and Company. Eli Lilly and Company is initials for our name. That's why it's Elanco, not Elanco. Um, we work on that with our investors on a regular basis. Um, <clears throat> We became a, an IPO and an independent company in 2018. Soon after that, in 2020, we acquired Bayer Animal Health. That increased our size by about 40%. Uh, listen, candidly, the past few years, as we all know, have been challenging. Um, and, and that came with, of course, COVID. But we also had the largest uh, animal pandemic maybe we've had in a century with African swine fever. That, that, that wiped out a lot of uh, our industry, especially in Asia. Uh, now we're faced with this global recession and slowdown and supply challenges, um, but I would say our industry is diverse. It's durable. Our employees, our team members, I don't call them employees, our team 
has responded, and a lot of them are here today, beyond anything we could have ever expected. And we stand here today with one of the most compelling value propositions um, and maybe in, in our entire 70 years. By the end of this quarter that we're in today, we will finish and be this fully independent company where we will stand up our systems from Bayer and be totally um, independent from, from that um, acquisition. We've reported seven quarters of margin or EBITDA expansion in the face of significant inflation. And uh, we are now beginning to launch the, the, the most significant pipeline we've had in 70 years. Um, we uh, plan to launch between six and 700 million of innovation by 2025. That will include five blockbusters. For us, that's a little over 100 million per product, major products in big spaces between now and the first half of 2024. Uh, our greatest era of innovation and growth and impacting society really lies ahead of us in the next 24 to 30 months. We also have a vision here locally that I think impacts all of us in this room, and that is we want to build Elanco into a major global company headquartered here in this city with significant research labs, with manufacturing, with many capabilities, employing hundreds of people, well-paid jobs. And what you can feel good about is impacting society in a very big way, making Indianapolis also, in addition to just the legacy of being here 70 years, we want to build an epicenter to actually bring other companies, other innovations to Indianapolis to reach the world's animals. I want to add context. A mentor to many people in this room is Jim Morris. And he always says, hey, Jeff, he led some of our advisory groups over the years. Look at things in the greatest context. So let me lay out the context of Elanco and animal health and how it impacts Hoosiers. We are dedicated, as shared by Mario, to enriching people's lives through animals. We say in Elanco, by making animals' lives better, you make life better. We saw that in COVID. That's pets and proteins. We touch almost every Hoosier every day. From pets and how they impact mental health, they reduce anxiety, this whole social isolation that's occurring. And on the protein side, you know, animal protein is all around the diet, and the best way of medicine is a good diet. And increased protein diets have helped with everything from diabetes to obesity. Now we're moving to the role of livestock actually reducing methane and actually playing a role in that going forward. So many innovations to go across animal health, human health, and now environmental health. So the common question in the last year has been, hey, tell us about the building, the headquarters. But I want to really actually tell you two things we said at our groundbreaking that matter most to this room. First, we said we want to create a destination, not an obligation. What we were getting at is we, we knew coming into a post-COVID world, not, not many people are building buildings, by the way. And uh, we said, hey, we want a place where people want to go. They want to work rather than a place that they have to, a place where there's purposeful work. There's collaboration, there's innovating science, and what else everyone wants ultimately is community. And we can get into that in the discussion. We also shared something else, which is we want to build an epicenter to where we can help other innovators and companies reach the world's animals out of this city. Those are the two things much more important than the building itself. We are one of the only independent companies, as mentioned, that have systems, regulatory, supply chain, 
and relationships on the ground in over 100 countries where we can gain access to animals. Let me put an application to this. I just returned yesterday from the largest vet show in Florida, 28,000 vets. We launched the first SGLT2 inhibitor called Bexacat for feline or cat diabetes. This actually came from a small innovator in Boston that we licensed last year. Now think about this. We're eliminating giving a cat two shots daily of insulin. Try, try doing that. It's not fun. And, and we're moving to allow pet owners to actually give them one flavored tablet uh, a day. We're taking syringes out of the, the, the hands of pet owners and making it much easier for them. But more importantly is we took an innovation from a great innovator in Boston and we gave him access to the feline market globally. If you're not into cats, maybe you're into the climate. So the other deal we did last year was with a major company, DSM in Europe, where we actually licensed a technology, a game-changing technology that they didn't have access to American farmers. We have sales, analytics, technical support, regulatory, and this product is called 3NOP. It will be a game-changing innovation. What it does is it actually improves the cow's digestive system by inhibiting methane production, 30 to 50% reduction in the methane produced by cows. Climate-neutral farming, everybody, will happen in this decade. We'll see it in this decade. And Elanco's role is very significant in making that happen. Once approved, we hope this product will be manufactured right here in Indiana. In addition to new technologies, we believe incubating companies is also important in the epicenter. And in the last two years, we've started three different companies, either directly in startup or spinning them out. I want to also mention briefly about the CHIPS Act. Indiana is well positioned to be an innovation leader. We have some of the best research universities at Purdue and IU. We have an incubator groups like Agronovus and BioCrossroads and 16 Tech. And we have some of the biggest life science players that have a lot of momentum right now in Lilly and Roche and Corteva and others. And we have a senator and Senator Young that has done a lot with his CHIPS Act and champion it. And the idea is to improve America's competitiveness in science and technology. Indianapolis can and should be, everybody, and this is important, a breakthrough innovation hub that will create the CHIPS Act, and that will drive investment, that will drive job creation, it will expand innovation capacity for this country, and it can be done right here in this city. So now I want to really transition to a little bit of reality and a little bit of edge. There's many things going right in this city. I want everyone to know that and hear that from me. We have significant, though, realities that it's going to make Indianapolis, if we're going to make Indianapolis a destination for talent companies and innovators, not to get them to visit, but to relocate, we've got work to do. Let's look at these realities. There's a lot of talk that's been highlighted, even from this podium, on healthcare and education, critical long-term issues that are great underpinnings for a great state and very important. But I think today, I think we would all agree, we can't overlook the needs in downtown, in the inner city of Indianapolis. We have many success stories from the updated roads to the East Side Bottle Works Project to the West Side 16 Tech. There's a lot of things we were talking at our table that are going right and are happening. But we have a lot of work yet to do. And I don't think Indy's unique. This is happening in cities all over the world. But listen, 
We are in a global economy, and everything I just talked about is directly connected to the global economy. And if we don't do it fast enough, others will. Please know that you're looking at a leader and a company, and Elanco and myself personally, we're all in. <laughs> We've made our decisions. We've chosen this. And so we want to serve as a catalyst to transform and to drive change on the trajectory inside this city. Today, we're in a perfect storm. Everybody knows this. I'm sure it's been a talk at your tables that post-COVID, we are living in a different world right now where you can work from anywhere. You can move, you can transfer, you can go wherever you want. We also are in an economic slowdown right now. We have capital markets that are very sensitive. We have more political divide maybe than we've had in a long time. And also, I got to note, we have other Midwest cities and suburbs to this city that are on the move that are doing a lot of things right. We have people, everybody, buildings and streets in this city that I can only best describe in one word, and that's tired. The good news is tired is temporary, and it can be changed quickly. And after talking to many of you, many of the leaders over the last couple weeks, and talking to the mayor personally yesterday, I would like to summarize what I believe and our company believes, and many of you believe, are three areas that are immediate important to this city. The first is we need to get the basics right. We need to improve our infrastructure, the local infrastructure, our buildings, our public safety, and we need to do a better job of taking care of those in need, the homeless. From a building perspective, I call it the reprogram, talking to a lot of you. We need to remodel, repurpose. Some buildings we may need to remove. We can move the dial, we all believe, some of us have talked, the fastest with the homeless. We need to break some of the pockets of poverty in downtown Indianapolis. Somebody shared yesterday with me, and I agree, homeless is visual, it's symbolic. It's the quickest make, way to make a change, and it's not who we are as Hoosiers. The basics matter, they need immediate attention, and I believe it's absolutely critical that over the next 24 months we get to work. Because instead of just attracting talent, we can start to lose talent. The second area is we need a state that welcomes, that creates unity, a tolerance for an inclusive community. Two things matter when you talk to a new talent today and you want them to come to you. I'm doing a lot of it. I did it Monday. They want two things. They want brand and they want community. They want to say, hey, tell me about the brand of Indianapolis. You're moving your headquarters there. I might move. It's going to become the brand of me. The second is community. What kind of community is my family going to have? Melissa at the chamber said something I agree with. If you get them here, they don't leave. But we got to get more people here and more innovators here. I know politics are complex, everybody, but it's become a real headwind for myself and many leaders in this city in an effort to draw innovators and talent to this state. I believe strongly that the next generation of companies, and talent won't tolerate dividing positions and politics. We need policies and programs that unite and build Indianapolis into an inclusive city where talents want to come and feel welcome, which means we need to consider our political positions in a holistic way when they're made. Government can be a major force for good. I had a front row seat to that, and Indiana can beat anybody. I saw the governor, the mayor, the Secretary of Commerce Chambers, and IEDC, and many others in this room 
to pull off great things, and we're extremely grateful. And we know we're in the right place in the city. They can be a great force for good. But let's not let politics paint the wrong shadow on this great state. Lastly and quickly is a simple thing, but it's a big thing. We call it the attractors. We need to add more attractors to this city. Attractors create the opportunity for culture and community and connection. Attractors create reason to come to Indy. The post-COVID world, Deloitte actually did a study, and they showed that research people want cities that are more human and nurturing with a strong sense of connection. The cities that are winning that I'm studying, some of us, I was in San Antonio last week, we've studied that, you know, Kansas City, Nashville, others, the inner cities are places of energy and destination, ethnic food and activities and entertainment and arts. We got a lot of that here. We need more. We need more green shoots and more excitement. So those are the three areas. So how do we get there? To close, I think we all agree we need to do this. We're at a critical junction. I've talked to many people here, but there needs to be another gear, another level of urgency. So let me summarize, and some of you know me, I'm an action-oriented person. Here's a little bit of what I've heard would be a four-point plan. First, we align as a community, private, public, nonprofit, and we own it. We make this a priority. I challenge leaders around here that we designate someone on our senior team that owns this and is accountable monthly to connect with people. Mine is Marcella Kerberger, our general counsel that is here today. Second is we align to an agenda with a clear focus, I think, on what can move the needle the fastest. I heard pretty clearly homelessness and some of this getting the basics right. We believe it falls into getting these basics right. Also being more unifying anywhere we can and driving more attractors in the city. Third, we build on our competitive advantages. Just like any company, any sports team, where can we win? I've heard five things that nobody can beat Indiana on in Indianapolis. Conventions, sports, healthcare, academics, ag and life sciences, and I'm sorry, I'm sitting at a table at an airport. I would get ready for that, right? Yeah, well done on that airport, right? Huh? What do you say to the airport? Um, you know, just some of the green shoes. I mean, we have two new, this is big news, two universities standing up in the inner city with Purdue and IU. That's a big deal. What's going on with sports in the front of Gainbridge? And I'm hoping that soccer becomes a bigger sport. I'll just stop there in this city, right? Uh, IU Health and what Dennis and the team are doing, the biggest complex, the biggest employer, uh, state-of-the-art complex there, as well as, you know, my parent company, Eli Lilly, is, is the, the envy of everybody in this space. We have a lot going on. We've moved two headquarters, biggest agri some of the biggest agricultural companies in ourselves and Corteva here and what Mitch Frazier and Agrinovis is doing. So let's build on the advantages, and, and I end with being accountable on collective progress. We have no time for finger-pointing. We also don't have time to be too Hoosier-nice. We have to challenge. We have to be a little edgy. We have to speak directly. I think we've got 24 months to move quite quickly. We need less accolades and a little bit more accountability. Elanco is ready to be a catalyst and be part of this. We're committed. We are extremely thankful to what's been done by this state and this city for us. We've got the right organizations and structures. We've got great leaders of those organizations. We don't need to invent something new. We need to collaborate with what we have. I want to thank everyone here and being part of this and know that we are all in and everything you do to move Indianapolis forward. 
I want to also take a moment and thank Governor Holcomb and his team, Secretary Chambers, amazing leadership in IEDC, Mayor Hogsett and the city of Indianapolis, the Lilly Endowment, uh, the force in the city, the CICP and CICF, the nonprofits, the chamber and Melissa, and many others that work tirelessly for the city. We have an opportunity to do this right. Indianapolis, we need to act now. It's our time. There's a great, a great next two years to lie ahead. Thank you. Look forward to the questions. That was Alanco CEO Jeff Simmons at the Economic Club of Indiana. Huge thanks to the Economic Club for the audio. And you can watch Jeff's entire discussion and a Q&A with the Economic Club of Indiana President Mario Rodriguez online at economicclubofindiana.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special edition of Ag Bioscience. You can always get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes, and we'd love a review. Don't forget, you can learn more online anytime at agronovisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.